0: Hello, sis, amiga, queen, girlfriend. Thank you again for pressing play. On the Perfectly Imperfect podcast, this is episode sixteen. Sixteen already—that is four months worth of podcast—and I am just thrilled and so grateful that you are listening. Um, if you have not listened to other episodes, go back, listen to them. Um, you just might, you know, gain a little bit of wisdom, encouragement, inspiration uh, from you know, the people that are sharing their stories, their heart with us, and their time. So go back, and um, as you listen to this episode, I am very grateful, and um, so, yes, just so grateful to Damiana. Uh, Today, I have the pleasure of having a wonderful conversation with a dear friend who I've known for years um, through a direct selling business, that's how I met her originally, and she is just such a beautiful soul inside and out. Her name is Damiana, and Damiana is gonna share her story about her journey of, you know, finding out that her son of just three years old, his name is Sain, had cancer. And this um, now, you know, he's eight years old and praise God, he is still with her. He's still alive, uh, fighting and just being, you know, I guess a normal eight-year-old boy and it was because of the way he fought the way she fought you know to to have him here and to not ever give up and you know the fact that she heard that word and it did not equal death to her and she knew that You know, he had a bigger purpose and that he was not supposed to, you know, just, I guess, be gone at three years old. And just so grateful that she fought, that she didn't give up. So, listen to her share her story, the journey that she experienced, you know, throughout the diagnosis, the treatments, um, even afterwards, you know. So, I'm excited for you guys to just listen, um, get inspired, you know, as you listen to this powerful. Um, courageous mama of three almost four she is about to give birth to her fourth um, a beautiful baby girl uh in March so she's about to be a mama of four very very busy so just listen in and as you're listening um, to this episode or to any of the other episodes you know text it over share it text it over to a friend share it on social Um, if you have not subscribed go ahead and subscribe to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast because that way you don't miss any new episodes we um offer an episode or I, you know, uh, send out an episode every Monday, uh, bright and early in the morning. So they're available at that time, but this way you'll get an alert to let you know that there's a new one available. And then don't forget to go on, um, iTunes on Apple iPad, apple podcast sorry (laughs) and um, leave a review you know share with me your thoughts Um, send me a a message as well if there's anything that you want to hear more about or anything specific you you know a specific topic you want to to hear a little bit more about and um, any changes you want to see like your input is so important I mean obviously this podcast um, I love having these conversations with these beautiful women beautiful people that I've you know been privileged to be able to speak with, but and I love it, of course. But I definitely, you know, just want to share, you know, their stories with you all as well. And um, I want you to continue listening and getting inspired and encouraged. And um, You know, just learn that we all have that warrior inside of us and that it's never too late for anything, that we can't give up. Um, We have to listen to our gut. We have to just, you know, be willing to fight and get out there and, you know we live one life guys seriously there is one life it's not a dress rehearsal there's no do-overs i mean this is it so we really do have to go all out because life is too short too short to waste even a second of it so we have to get out there we have to do what we you know we feel we have to do um so be encouraged um thank you again for pressing play and just listen to the conversation and um and enjoy it all right bye the pleasure of having, um, starting a conversation right now with a dear friend of many years. Her name is Damiana Diaz, and I just want to welcome you, Damiana, and thank you for agreeing to have this conversation with me today.
1: Yeah, Leslie, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, You're welcome. So our conversation today for all of our listeners is going to be basically just life um, through a diagnosis of cancer for a child of yours. And um, just kind of how everything was, I want to talk about this, Damiana, because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people experience this. And um, not that there's something that I guess anyone can tell you or do for you to prepare you for this type of, of a diagnosis or, or anything like it. But I think, you know, when you hear someone and their experience, um, if you know someone that's going through something like there's something similar or if you yourself are experiencing something like this, you know, just to know that you're not on your own, maybe can be a little helpful. I don't know. I mean, you know, I just kind of wanted to have this conversation. I know that you're such a strong woman, a strong mom, um, you know, and it's been years, you know, since this, but I know as you mentioned a little while ago that you're still kind of experiencing, I guess, you know, the the results of of everything in the diagnosis so Damiana if you wouldn't just if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about you know who you are you know mom wife work etc and then you know a little bit about I guess when this all first happened um I do want you to share a little bit about like what you know you felt when you first heard Mm -hmm. you know those word or that specific word regarding to your son um and we'll start there
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have, uh, three children, um, currently, and I'm pregnant having another little girl. So I'll have two boys, two girls. (laughs) Um, I'm doing March. So almost there. Um, at the time, at the time when my, it was my oldest, um, at the time he was diagnosed, I only had him. Um, he had just turned three. Um, It was only a couple months after he had turned three years old. And it all started with, uh, you know, symptoms like um, the bleeding of gums. That was the very first sign. Um, Some bruising uh, that that was really bad to the point where the bruises looked like they were going to pop from his skin and bleed out. Um, Temperature, his fever was really high and I couldn't control it. I normally use, you know, alcohol compresses. And at that, that time, I, I went for the, for the Tylenol, and I, that was not working. So that's when I took him into the ER. Um, and at the ER, he developed uh, red spots. It's called petechia, something like that. Um, okay. Which at, at that point, I thought, oh, he has chickenpox. You know, no big deal. It'll pass but but that was not um the diagnosis they ran some blood work and that's that's when they found uh leukemia cells in his in his uh you know his his counts were not normal and then they had to go and run other tests a bone marrow spinal tap um to -hmm. be sure of of the diagnosis and now
0: when you first started seeing like you said, you know, the bleeding of the gums and all that. Did you before this, did you ever like, had you ever met anyone that had gone through anything? I mean, I, I guess, did you know the signs or did you, I mean, was anything any indica- indication to you that this could be what was going on or like, did you have no clue whatsoever?
1: Not at all. I mean, I, I know what cancer is. I know that I, I knew there was, you know, many types of it. Um, I knew people of people who went through it but never personally and actually my my grandmother from my mother's side she passed away from leukemia but this was so long ago they didn't they were nowhere near the you know the research that they have now Um, so no I didn't I did not know I had no clue what was going on wow
0: and okay so when you first I guess heard this I mean what went through your mind i mean i can only imagine but i guess if you don't mind sharing with us
1: yeah well at first it was confusing i i thought it can't be no <laughs> you know there's there's a mistake or, or something um but my grandma came to mind and you know the fact that she passed away and that's what came to mind i thought oh my god mm-hmm. you know this is gonna happen to my son um right. so it was it was really scary it was confusing um it was really hard.
0: Now did you at that point have like there was, was there like a support system um that you immediately went to or was it just you? I mean, what was all that like?
1: Oh, uh, well my husband was there um through the whole thing. My my mom was too, but you know, we didn't really know <laughs> We were kind of frozen for a long time. And, and me, myself, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. It, it was really hard to the point where I would just tear up. I couldn't even talk yeah. about it. so So I didn't even try to reach out to anybody. Mm. Well, I think
0: the first thing that, you know, that we, like you said, that we think about, even if you've never had anyone close to us, you know, who have passed away from cancer, it's just, I think most people relate that word to death. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, I think it's so normal, unfortunately, for people to just, you know, hear that word and equal it out with this is the end, you know, I mean, which I'm so happy that it wasn't, you know, for your baby, but, and most people do close up because Mm -hmm. it's like, what do you say? You know, then you start hearing like people, you know, what they tell you and, I just think denial is like the first thing that comes to mind, like if you don't talk about it, maybe it's not true or you just kind of don't have to deal with it. I mean, what is that kind of what it was with you? Just like you said, you were frozen. You didn't really know what to do or the confusion of it all. I can't even imagine. Um, but was it more like, you know, if I don't talk about it, not that you don't have to deal with it because obviously you, you had to and you were. But was it maybe less real for you or what do you think was kind of if you think back to obviously years ago, what do you think was going through your mind?
1: Um, well, it was it was very real. Um I think that I was in denial just for like a few minutes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, till I, I realized all these symptoms are not, you know, normal, these signs and symptoms that he was showing. Um and and I mean the mm-hmm. the the tests, you know they were they were accurate um so basically um I think that it was just the uh the the hurt you know and and it was Mm -hmm. confusing because I say confusing because he has always been a healthy eater you know no junk food no no sweets minimal absolute minimal of, of all that stuff you know so to me i was like why how you know when? when did this happen how did this how did this happen if he if he's a healthy boy he was always healthy um active you know a, a healthy a healthy kid and this just popped out of nowhere literally he had just had his his um his checkup he even had blood work about three months before before he was diagnosed, so oh really? Were, so they didn't
0: they didn't see anything there. That's
1: so we They were. did not. They did not. And I even went back to look at those blood results, and and you know I went and talked to his to his pediatrician, but there were there were absolutely no signs. And they say that 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 type of of, uh, of leukemia just kind of crashes. That just just kind of explodes. Just, all these signs just mm-hmm. pop out of nowhere that's what they said
0: wow when even at three years old you know I'm, I'm hearing you say like he was a healthy eater he was health you know he was good it's like even if you're like the most like even if you do eat some kind of junk food at that age which is probably very minimal i mean they're only three it's like it you it hasn't even been that long you know i mean your child had been born three years ago mm-hmm. so it's like how much you know junk could you have fed this child for something i mean it's like you said, it's, it has to be something where you're like, why, how, I mean, I can understand the confusion when you explain it that way. Because, you know, I think at any age, you know, I'm, you know, being, um, I used to be a radiation therapist, I think, you know, that. Yeah. and um, working with kids, you know, that was always something that I would hear moms, you know, question, and even me, it's like, how, like, they're so little, like, what could they have? What could their bodies have been through? And it's, I think it's a question that, you know, you can't really answer of the why and the how, because like you said, some of these things just kind of happen and they just show up out of nowhere. Um, now, when you think back to, to that time, is there anything you wish you would have known or anything you, you could have had that you think might have made that beginning part of the journey a little bit? I'm not going to say easier, but somehow could have helped at all like I mean I I guess for anyone else that is listening that you know possibly know someone that is going through something similar or if in the future they know of someone like is there any advice I guess or anything you wish you would have known or done
1: um well after he was diagnosed I did so much research I you know I googled I read I asked the doctor's a gazillion questions, all of them. There were several doctors that were that were treating him at the beginning. It was a team of doctors. So each one I was like, hey, this and that. And and I, I, I had so many questions I asked them everything I could think of. Um, you know, to to um educate myself on that and and to, you know, better help. Um but you know what along with my research and asking questions, um, I found out that that milk actually can take you towards, you know, toward this diagnosis. And, and in my case, I was giving Syene, my, son's, my son, um, a lot of milk as a baby. I didn't know how much I was supposed to give him. Um, all I knew is that he would ask for it and I would give it to him. At nighttime, I'd give him three bottles full um that was like eight ounces maybe ten i don't remember that was a lot of milk and i didn't realize i didn't really have um you know the guidance um, of of how to take care of a a kid um so well they don't
0: come they don't come with instructions they don't unfortunately
1: um (laughs) but you know what i wonder and and that's that doubt is always gonna linger in my mind that that question was it the milk you know all the milk that he because that brings your iron down so eventually turns into anemia and that you know can eventually turn into into the leukemia I wonder you know that and then you know there's a lot of little things the breastfeeding part they say that it lowers you know risk of cancer and and him I didn't I only breastfed him Uh, two weeks. That was, that was nothing. And that was because I ended up getting uh, mastitis and I got scared and I decided I'm going to stop. So all those, Mm -hmm. all those little things, you know, I wonder what if, what if uh, I would have done differently with those things, if it would have been a different outcome. Right.
0: Now, has any, has anyone ever like told you to Kind of like get away from those thoughts yeah it could be yeah yeah
1: the, i mean that's the doctors i mean um you know i would i would bring it up to them and they they everyone said no this is there's nothing you could have done but i still wonder it's still you know yeah. a doubt
0: i think as a mom you know it's um because it's our job to keep them safe keep them healthy mm-hmm. you know be their be their advocates in anything and everything we can you know, when something happens where they get hurt, they're sick, like, you start thinking, you know, what could have I done differently? Or what could have I done more of or less of? And I think it's so common. And not that we blame ourselves, but those start those thoughts. It's almost like impossible to stop them from coming, especially when it's something so serious. You know, it's not just a common cold. It's not, you know, your regular, you know, earache that you can just give this or that for I mean, it's something way more serious. So I can imagine, you know, why those thoughts came and obviously why you're still kind of like, mm, I wonder. And it's something that I'm sure people have told you. There, there's just there's no way like the what ifs, you know, what I could have shoulda. It, there's no you know, you can't go back in time and switch things up a little and see if the results would have been differently. I mean, we wish. But, you know, obviously, it's impossible. Um, so my next question is um, after you know, the diagnosis, like, what was everything like afterwards? I know you said, you know, at the beginning, it was confusing. You did a ton of research. You started asking tons of questions, um, all of that. But what was it like, you know, the days, the months, the years after, you know, November of 2014 when this all started?
1: Yeah. So um, when he started, once he started treatment, which took about a day or or two, I think it was two days um, after he was diagnosed. He started treatment, and that got really hard because it was it was strong doses of steroids and chemo, and you know poking him, getting the the uh, spinal taps and and bone marrow. Those were really difficult things to to watch and and um, they're
0: very painful, right? I've heard like they
1: I they know, are. They say because they would put him to sleep, not completely, okay. not completely. He was a little um you know there but they said they would say that he didn't feel anything but apparently he, he did because you know now that he's older he tells me that would hurt, you know. He he was feeling all that stuff. Um and the needles that they use are really big and, and yeah. tiny bodies, you know. Um so he started with strong doses and, and he was taking Really heavy doses of, of steroids, um, which made him swell up to the point where he looked like he was overweight. He looked like a, a, a real big kid. Um, and he would get hungry all the time, but it was a, an aggressive hunger kind of um, okay. emotional roller coaster all day, every single day. And he would throw up so often and and it would just come out and you know wherever he was and at the beginning um, one of his legs his right leg um, for some reason was giving him it was really painful to him you couldn't even touch it with you know with your fingers you couldn't touch it because he would yell of, of the pain and and the doctor said that it was it was a side effect that the leukemia was you know, maybe heavier right there, something like that. They said, but but to this day, that leg bothers him still a little bit when he's uh, active. Like if he's been running around all day, and the time he cannot sleep because it hurts him only that one leg. So that still lingers,
0: but they don't know exactly why.
1: No, they they ran X rays and I mean every the bone looks fine everything looks looks healthy they don't know why
0: so since 2014 um I know we're talking earlier you mentioned that it was how many years of him going through it was like the treatments
1: yeah the treatment was three years and three months
0: and through that whole process how how did you get through all that Damiana because I mean, I, I know for me, you know, I have i have three children. They're a little older now. And I, know, I remember back to when they were, you know, three, four, five years old and a little cold, you know, it keeps you up for a night or two and you're kind of like a zombie, you know, for the next week trying to catch up. I guess, how was all that for you specifically? Um, I know it was hard for him. I can only imagine being so tiny. So, you know, I just, I, you know, you think of a three-year-old and it's like, gosh, they're so small. And just kind of starting that life. So I'm sure it was very difficult for you as a mom. How difficult was it? And how did you, I guess, manage everything?
1: Yeah, so um, well, to be honest, I got my strength through him. Um, you know, he was my, my only child. And you know, I figured if, you know, I got pregnant with him, I gave birth to him. He's, he's been healthy this whole time. We need to fight. You know, I figured we need to, you know, all that, everything we had gone through wasn't for nothing. You know, I that's what stood on my on my mind all the whole time. We need to fight this. You know, he, he has to survive. Um, and that's really what, what kept me going. Him. You know, the, the, the need to, to, to help him, to save him, to, to be there for him. And it was really hard. He was really little, so he didn't really know how to, you know, describe certain things or, or tell me, you know, that he was, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in, in discomfort. But, you know, I, I could kind of tell and I would try my best to, to make him comfortable. And it was an everyday struggle, everyday worry, um, you know, if fevers would hit. It was, it was an immediate, you know, run to the hospital. He would have to be admitted. So basically just just staying on top of all that. And, you know, honestly, the whole time I would give him vitamins, green juices. And, and he didn't really look like he was that sick, you know, throughout the treatment. I would see other children at the clinic who looked like their skin was, you know, kind of green, very unhappy yeah almost, almost yeah. like
0: like like a yellowish green I I've
1: yeah, I've seen yeah. and then I would look at him of course he he would look a little pale you know of course because his his counts would be it, you, they weren't normal but but he didn't look anything like those other kids so that kept me going too with with the green juices and and his his uh, vitamins and all that every single day you know and I think that that also helped him pull through
0: now, outside of like the treatments that you did, um, obviously through through regular medicine, you you're mentioning you know vitamins and juices. I you know I'm such a strong believer in, like yes, for certain things you have to go to the doctor. You you have to kind of go through treatments. I mean it's it's a must a lot you know oftentimes, but I think so much of what we do outside of your regular kind of healthcare, I guess is so important, you know, because I know with my mom, when she was diagnosed, you know, we, we went radical, like we started doing so many outside, you know, outside of regular, you know, your, your common treatments of, you know, radiation or chemo, et cetera. You know, we started doing all of that, you know, the Mm -hmm. vitamins, the, the way she was eating, like we totally changed it. And, you know, unfortunately for her, like it didn't save her life, but I know throughout everything, the last eight months of her life, like, like you said, her, I, mean, I remember one of her, Um, when we went to, I think she was going to get a surgery or, or we were at the hospital for something. And I remember the nurses saying like, Oh my gosh, she has great skin. Like mm-hmm. she has such pretty skin. And people had always commented on her skin because she's used skincare forever and a day. And um, people would always say that, but you know, she was a little bit plumper, like she was a little heavier. So, mm-hmm. you know, she ended up with half of her body weight, you know, towards the mm-hmm. end. So, naturally most people that lose all that weight you know they just age very quickly and in her case people would still comment about how great her skin was but I mean the way you know the things we would give her to eat or you know vegan and like you said juices and greens and all sorts of stuff that we started doing research on of what was going to nourish her body and you know not only just fill it up but actually Mm -hmm. fuel it So, I mean, I, I want people to just listen to what you're saying, because I feel like a lot of times, just from my experience being in the healthcare field back in the day, you know, most people just kind of go to the doctor and they listen to what they say and that's it, Mm -hmm. like do this. And that's all they do. And it's like, you know, we have to be advocates for ourselves, for our children, for people that we love and see everything that's available. You know, it might, like in our case, it might not save someone's life, but man, like her life for the last eight months was like it was good you know she wasn't in pain she and I know it's different for everyone but I've heard of other people that have gone through the same kind of cancer that she did and you know it was painful it was very difficult for them physically and like I never saw my mom go through that you know so just like you saw your son's skin and you know he just he looked different I think it's so important for us to do that research and to yes, if we need to go with regular medicine and go through all the tre- all the treatments and whatnot, you know, go ahead and do so. But don't abandon the idea that there's other things that can help, especially the food, because I f- I feel like food is just medicine for our bodies if we
1: understand what we're actually taking in. Yeah. Yes. For sure. For sure. That makes the difference. Nutrition makes the difference. Um, you know, my son's doctors actually told me that I didn't have to give him vitamins. I didn't have to do anything extra that because his own body was making the the <clears throat> excuse me, the nutrients that it needed. But I didn't listen because to me that sounded crazy. Not only was he going through treatment, but you know, that he was crazy. This medication he was taking was in a sense killing him because getting yeah. all his cells good cells bad cells, mm-hmm. Everything, mm-hmm. everything you know and I thought no I, I can't I can't do that I can't just be like okay here eat whatever you want your your body's no I, I had to help him fight you know mm-hmm. nutrition makes the difference he's always been even through treatment he wouldn't get sick as often and and even now you know he's past treatment but someone at home will get sick he's the one that's less likely to get sick i give all my kids green juices and they all eat the same foods but i think that because when he was you know younger he he's had all that nutrient i think that mm-hmm. that's that's keeping his body you know strong even even now and that's continuing i have not stopped giving him you know, the green juices, it's not every day now, but I still do a few times a week. They, they all have their green juices. They all have, you know, the, the best meals that I, I, I can plan for, you know. And it's very important to focus on, on nutrition. There was this other uh, patient whose mom I became friends with. Uh, we kind of, you know, got together a few times along the, 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 their treatments um, and, and talked about it. You know, we opened up to to each other. Um, it was really hard to to start doing that, but we did it, and it was actually helpful. Um, and her, in her case, she was not giving her her daughter, uh, you know, vitamins, nutrients. She had a different kind of uh, hers was a little more complicated her diagnosis. But again, her daughter didn't. She had that color, that that lifeless color throughout. Mm-hmm. the treatment you know that my son didn't so I would compare and I would say it's the nutrition
0: well especially when you you know around other children who may have different diagnoses, but at the end of the day like they're going through similar treatments mm-hmm. and you see you know you're visibly like physically seeing the difference and I'm still in awe of the doctor saying that. But you know what? I'm not surprised because they don't study nutrition. You know, when, you know, when I, um, I spoke with someone, uh, well, my mom was going through treatments and we went to an alternative um, doctor, or yeah, medical doctor, uh, not medical, an alternative therapy doctor. He, I was talking to one of the women that worked there and she was saying that she originally was gonna, you know, was planning to go to medical school <laughs> and that she started medical school. And in the process of kind of getting started that she started just hearing things that she wasn't agreeing with, you know, it was, it wasn't about healing. Mm -hmm. It was about, you know, giving like pushing meds. Mm that was that the whole, you know, idea of it, like even the school, you know, who ran the school were all like people from, you know, drug companies, like drug people from like, these organizations who are obviously making money via all the medicine that's being given to, you know, everyone that's ill. And she was saying, you know, they never taught us like how to she was working at this other, you know, with this other doctor now. And she's like, we, they never taught us how to heal the body. It was more of just how to prescribe. Mm -hmm. medication, you know, how much of it and, you know, I guess that's why like, I'm not that I'm against, you know, like your regular medicine. But I go to the doctor, like if you know, there's a broken bone, if there's, you know, something that I know I need medicine for. But when it comes to I mean, the body's, I guess, just through a lot of research and and just what we've experienced um, within our family, that our body can heal itself, you know, if Mm -hmm. we give it what it needs to do so, You know, it's hard. It's like, I always think of like a vehicle. You know, if you're gonna, like, a vehicle needs gasoline to like run. And if you fill it up with water, like, what is it gonna do? You know, that's not the kind of feel that it needs. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna mess it up. So with our bodies, it's like, how do we expect them to function to the top of its ability if we're feeding it crap? You know, it's like, what comes in is gonna come out and the results of it are gonna be equal to that. So, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of times we don't understand, you know, and I'm not an expert by no means on nutrition or anything like it. I mean, I'm learning along the way. But even when I, you know, at my age now, I'm a little bit more, you know, older. And just when I eat certain things, you know, I'm a little bit more foggy. I you know, I feel differently, I don't have the energy, I I can't get up as easily in the morning. And that's just, you know, me, I'm healthy, whatnot. So I can only imagine a body that's trying to fight something. You know, we don't give it the proper nutrition, like, like you said, you gave um, Sain the tools through nutrition that he needed to be able to fight, you know, through the most difficult fight of his life at that time. So, I just appreciate you sharing that seriously because, like, I wasn't aware. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know exactly all the journey. I know you kind of, not that you were out of, like, you were kind of, you know, dealing with everything. So I, I, I wasn't aware of everything that you did. And I'm I'm so joyful that, you know, you fought so hard in, in that way specifically for sign because... I'm sure that that made a huge, huge difference for him.
1: Yeah. You you know, another another thing, another major red flag is, about medication is that, you know, they give you all this medication that's supposed to help you, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then they'll give you more stuff because the medication that they're giving you is going to mess something else up. <clears throat> yep. You know, and that was, that was his case here. You got to give him this, but also give him this with that because this will happen. This could happen, you know. So those are red flags too, and and like you say, like you said, they don't want to cure or their goal, the doctor's, uh, you know, goal is not to cure your Ill- illness; it's just to treat it, to kind of keep you to keep you coming back, so you could keep on, you know, taking their medication, and they're just making money. That's that's really what it's about, sadly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. No. You're right, and we have to be our like our, our strongest advocates when it comes to this kind of stuff, because we can't go. I remember when my mom was diagnosed and we told the doctor that, <clears throat> that we were not going to treat her via, you know, they had told us that it was terminal. So regardless of what we did, mm-hmm. like in their eyes, like nothing was going to help. It was just going to maybe make it a little bit better uh, for the last few months. But we, you know, decided to not go with your traditional you know, medicine when it came to the treatment. So, you know, uh, chemo and radiation and whatnot mm-hmm. and um, so when we told the doctor that she looked at us like we had six eyes like it was just ridiculous she was like do mm-hmm. you think that if you know alternative therapy actually worked? Mm-hmm. And, um and I am looking at her and I said well do you understand that what you all do is covered by a lot of the insurance and what we're thinking of doing isn't like it's literally you know cost a lot of money Mm -hmm. and she looked at me and I said that's why more people are not doing it you know and the fact that everyone's so busy that we don't really have time to sit down and do the research you know the busier we get the less self-care the less you know research we can do on what's good what's bad what you know helps what doesn't so yeah I said it's not because people don't it's not because it doesn't work it's simply because you know people are either not informed you know, they unfortunately are too busy, and they don't can't take the time or don't have the time. And it's the fact that it's 1000s of dollars, you know, that insurance mm-hmm. can not cover or won't cover. I'm sorry, not that it can't, but that it won't cover. And most people can't, you know, like who has an extra 5000 10,000 $30,000 in their bank account? Like, you know, hardly anyone does nowadays. So I mean that's that's the real reason in my opinion. And but yeah, the doctor was so against it. She was like, I don't recommend that you all do that and basically saying like you all are crazy, like your guys are gonna kill your mom and you know, just the stuff. Mm-hmm. Th- the way she reacted was it was sad. And I'm glad that my sister and I had done some research and, you know, we knew people that were able to guide us in a different direction because otherwise you know, it's like if you don't take that time or don't have that time to do all the research or you don't know people that can help you along the way, it's like you kind of you you almost have to go with what they're saying, because just like with you with, you know, doctors saying you don't have to do this for a sign. You don't have to give them, you know, these like the body will do its own thing. When we went uh-huh. to the doctor at, at, the, at first, you know, they never mentioned nutrition. Like even I asked because I knew they weren't. But I was just to confirm. I said, well, should we like feed her? differently? Should we give her different, you know, kinds of food just to kind of help the body just deal with this a little better? And they were like, no, she can eat whatever she wants. Hmm. And it's like, dude, I to like, that's not the answer. You know, like, it's so simple. Just literally Google, you know, just how nutrition affects it. I mean, it doesn't take a genius, you know, and these are people, I mean, these were like the top doctors who went to, you know, one of the most prestigious, um hospitals and the top you know experts on brain cancer and whatnot and they're like nope like you know just kind of you don't have to do anything else just let us do our thing um but we we have to we have to take that time and we have to you know do the research and just learn for ourselves you know and obviously everything we research everything that's on google doesn't have to be what we do because there is a lot of different advice and a lot of different information but we have to almost mm-hmm. like, trust our gut, just like you did. You know, you knew that what they were saying, like in your gut, you knew that. That's crazy. And, mm-hmm. and you had to follow that gut feeling. And I'm sure Sain just appreciates it so much. So how old is Sain now?
1: Now he's eight. Um, this year in August, he'll turn nine. <laughs> wow. So he he's really big. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen him in person in a long time. But, you know, I see pictures and because my son's turning nine this upcoming week. So they're almost the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has it been like, you know, after he finished his treatment? Um, I guess what's life after all of that?
1: Well, it was actually uh, a little a little hard getting used to, you know, the new routine where he didn't have to take um, you know any medication because after he finished the chemo he still had to be on steroids for a little while Mm -hmm. Um, so he was still taking that but once he didn't have to take anything anymore it was it was it took some getting used to because you know I was so used to at, at these certain times he had to take you know these medications or if it was Certain days they he had to take something else, so I would still kind of freak out, like oh my god, what day is it? Oh my god, what do I have to give him? But then I would tell myself, relax, nothing, (laughs) nothing. So that even that got you know took some getting used to, Mm -hmm. um. But but I mean, once we did get used to it, it was it's a relief, you know, it's a relief, and and we go back to the nutrition because a lot of times, um you know, once the patient is, is fine, they're, you know, they they survive and everything is, is past, right? Um, it, you can get comfortable and just start doing whatever. But I think it's very important to continue that nutrition so that there's no relapse, you know, to, to yeah. continue uh, feeding that body nutrition and, and keeping it strong so that, you know, it lessens. Because once you have gone through this, treatment and the doctors say that it's the chances of of relapsing are are of of um getting you know cancer again are, are high so i think that it's important not to forget not to forget everything that was that, that they went through and and not to forget to to fuel the body
0: yeah Oh, for sure for sure Man, thank you so much for sharing that, me And I've been having wanting to have this conversation with you just because I just, you know, you you hear people left and right unfortunately experiencing and hearing that word, whether it's in their own person or whether it's in someone they love. And just to hear again, I mean I just wanted to have the conversation with you because I admire the strength. Mm-hmm. I admire, you know, the determination that you had to say, you know what, nope, like, we're going to fight this, you know, I don't equal this word out with, it's going to end his life. And I am so happy that that's the way that you approached it. And I'm sure that your son, I don't know if he realizes it yet, because he's only eight. But you know, he, if he doesn't already, he will one day be so grateful, you know, for having such a strong warrior, you know, as his advocate, because not everyone does, right? you know, not everyone has someone. So yeah, I, I just, I admire the strength and the wisdom that, that you had and that you were willing, you know, to follow through on what you were thinking and feeling and, you know, what your gut was telling you, because, you know, some people, they just, they allow fear to take over and Mm -hmm. instead of doing something, they, you know, they allow That to paralyze them, and you know it's they hear from all the experts or the supposed experts what to do, and that's all they do, and they don't think outside the box. And um, and I admire the fact that that you did and that you took that action on behalf of your son because, you know, I mean, I believe it made a huge difference for him just from what you're telling me, and just because you know he's still he's still with you, so. What a big
1: blessing! Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's 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 been a struggle, but it's a huge blessing. And and I knew that you know we couldn't give up. We could not accept um, anything other than we need to fight this and we need to um, you know survive. I in my mind there was no other option. He 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 was gonna survive and he was gonna fight through and and pull through. And you know it took a lot of work, a lot of emotional and mental and physical you know, everything, <laughs> but we, we made it. And, and, you know, to this day, he, I'm not sure he, he really understands, like, I'll talk to him here and there if he brings it up, because when he hears the word cancer, he'll say, oh, I had cancer. So I kind of try and, and um, take the, take advantage of, of him bringing it up to, to ask him questions or to see if he has questions, because when he was going through treatment, obviously he didn't understand, but what i did notice i would notice was that he didn't like people talking about it so if if uh like someone would go visit um he would go somewhere else to another room because he didn't want to hear you know questions or anything he would close off you know being that young he would kind of close off uh to that so i try and you know he's so little so i try and make him feel comfortable and and to help him understand you know
0: It has to be so, I mean, if we could only talk with him in a way where he knew what we were talking about, you know, like, I think that would be such an interesting conversation because, you know, to be that age, like, it has to be such a wild, crazy, weird ride, you know, to be experiencing you know, all the poking and prodding, not, you know, the pain, everything he went through, you know, the questions and the looks and the concern and seeing you, you know, all of it, just, you know, not able to understand because their brain is so tiny. you know, not their brain, but them, they're so tiny.
1: Yeah, um, that, you know, you know what, too, other than all that, it's, it's the being a child that, you know, that age and not being able to be a normal child. He was not able to, you know, play with other kids or go out. He was, you know, confined to the house for such a long time where where once he was able to come out and actually socialize with other kids, it, it was hard for him. It was not easy because he was not used to it. He didn't know how to act. He didn't know what to do, you know, with, with all that. And it was overwhelming. He had really bad anxiety. Um, and I think it was it was due to to that to being locked up in the house all the time and and you know there were so many times where people just couldn't come over because you know his counts would be so low you know stuff like that stuff like that being secluded no for sure
0: yeah the after effects of of everything yeah. Not even the after, but just during, you right. know, because like you said, when their counts are so low, they, they can get an infection so easily yeah. that you don't want to risk, you know, knowing what can happen if, if they do catch that infection, you know, their body just kind of yeah. reacts so differently than, than, a, than someone that's fully healthy right oh goodness thank you so much damiana i don't want to take any more of your time because i know you um, have to go soon and i think you have to go pick him up i do (laughs) so i'm just you know what I, i praise god for the fact that he gave you the wisdom the strength um just everything you know determination to fight and that he's still here with you with us and that he is such a strong little human being you know who because of everything and because of the people that are raising him you know he he just has such a bright future so I just want to congratulate you for you know what just fighting and not giving up and you know that's what I want people to hear you know mm-hmm. the fact that it doesn't have to end with that word mm-hmm. that it's just you know yes it's difficult yes it's going to be so it's going to wear you down in ways that you can't even imagine but that if you fight through it and you don't give up and you follow your gut and you take the action that you feel you need to take for yourself, for your son, for your daughter, for whoever is experiencing this, that, you know what, you can come out on the other side and that you can, you know, live to tell the story and hopefully encourage and support other people that are experiencing something similar.
1: Yeah. And, and I really want, um, you know, anyone that's, that's listening to keep that in mind that no matter what the doctors say the outcome will be you have to fight you cannot give up you know you cannot accept everything that they tell you you have to fight you have to and and you never know you know you, you might come out lucky and, and no matter what they say you have to fight and never give up yep absolutely oh,
0: thank you thank you so much for this I mean I appreciate you being willing to Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope you truly enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Make sure you rate the episode and the podcast and also make sure you leave a review. Thank you again so much for listening to Perfectly Imperfect.